Hello everyone and welcome to the Heart Sanctuary podcast with your hosts Deirdre and Chevy. That's me. Social media has become such an integral part of our lives in a very short space of time. But in this episode, we will stop scrolling long enough to consider how this is affecting us from a yogic perspective. Be sure to stay tuned right till the end for a mindfulness exercise with a difference. It's kind of hard to deny how how we've been affected by this phenomenon in so many ways. I mean, I can speak for myself personally. I'm embarrassed to admit that often the first and the last thing I do is check my phone. And many, many times during the day as well. What's it like for you? Firstly, question. What is what is the opposite of social media? Anti-social media? Social life. <laughs> what are you trying to say, Chevy? <laughs> <laughs> that if you spend all your time on social media, yes. you have no social life? Mm. Mm. Food for thought, indeed. Speaking of food, social media is actually um, a form of consumption, just like food. And in the same way that our body is made up of the food that we eat, what we consume with our minds becomes part of part of us as well. So how much of that are we consciously choosing? Are we choosing wisely? And how is that aligned to our to our values, to our deepest aspirations and how we want to live our lives? How is this phenomenon social media affecting our capacity to concentrate and Quite mine. Well, for me, it's it can be hard to stay concentrated when you're busy with a task, or even in a a meeting, or driving, or yeah, speaking to someone. If there's that vibration, or even just this, this impulse to want to check your phone. There's even a, a new phenomenon that they're calling um, vibration, phantom vibration syndrome, <laughs> where people think that they're feeling their phone vibrate, but it's actually maybe just an itch or uh, an insect walking on their skin or a breeze or something. But there's this idea that it's just a thing. It's, it's, you can Google it. Phantom, phantom vibration syndrome. Wow. It's so common that there's even a name for it now and the thing is concentration is fundamental to meditation as we spoke about in a previous episode um, concentration is is this ability to bind your mind to an object because most meditation traditions have an object of concentration Mm. Um, we've used the heart or the breath as examples of things to focus on then when the mind gets distracted you bring it back and when that becomes effortless, when there's this flow, that is what meditation is defined as. So with your phone constantly beeping, um, notifications coming in or messages, uh, it's it's something that's pulling you away every time. And I try to keep my phone on silent most of the time, just heads up if anyone's ever trying to call me. It's very unlikely that I will hear the call, but I might see it if I'm on my screen. But sometimes I question whether this is 
um, have an opposite effect. Maybe I'm checking my phone more often than I would if the notifications were coming in because there's this fear of missing out or the pseudo urgency that the messages has. Like it could just be a meme or a TikTok video that someone is sending you, but there's this, oh, I gotta check my phone, I gotta mm. check as in case it's urgent, but 99% of the time it's probably not. I realize that concentration is important because it gets you focused on tasks that you planned for, right? But this current concentration of cycling, hmm. this ability to focus on one thing only, being on the road, avoiding taxis and avoiding potholes, potholes and obstacles, other hazards. They call it road furniture. <laughs> I haven't right. heard that one before. Yes. So, when your mind is focused on one thing, your mind clears, so you don't have this little thinking thoughts of, oh, I have to still go and pick up so-and-so, and I have to do certain chores in the house, and oh, I forgot to buy my money, and all those things, all those thoughts fall away, and then it's just this clear mind that is focused on the road, and there is this clarity, and then this aliveness, and then a feeling of of a mind that is serene, and there's a state of bliss that unfolds from this experience of total concentration. Mm. Nothing else matters, not a phone call mm. or a message. It's just this pure, blissful state. And I thought it was only me that was experiencing it, and then I had to find out more about it, and I inquired about this. And this is just called a state of flow. Mm. And so many people, sports people and extreme sports people, they crave this desire mm. right, of like your concentration. And I find when I'm on social media, what's the word? Overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. Yeah, overstimulated. Overstimulated, yes. Information overload. Yes. So if I understand correctly, the road is your object of concentration. Correct. And that you do get into the state of flow, which in the yogic tradition they call meditation. And in sports, they feel the same way. Now the question is, is it the state of pure concentration that we're craving? Or is it the quietness of the mind? I think the quietness of the mind. Yeah. Yeah. And this is that same idea of grasping after an object, mm-hmm. after the next, the latest iPhone or the newer car or the 
person that you want to date is it the the that person or that object that you are craving that you desire or is it the quietness of a mind that comes after you've had that because it doesn't last for long so it's not the object in itself that's giving you that satisfaction because very soon the mind will have the next thing that it's craving yeah. and this is what it got totally refers to he says instead of trying to go for the object go for the directly the quietness of the mm. mind i think we mentioned this in a previous episode it's definitely a concept worth reinforcing mm. So how much of that content that we are consuming are we consciously choosing? Well, we are bombarded by things in our newsfeed that are coming up according to an algorithm of what we have shown interest in in the past. The ads are things that uh, we're not choosing consciously, but it's things that, according to our data that Facebook has taken on us, uh, things that we might be interested in buying, services or products. I also get sent stuff by friends and family with the best of intentions, videos or jokes or things that they think might be interesting or funny or helpful uh, for things that are going on. Um, so those things I'm not constantly choosing. Yes, I am choosing perhaps to which ones I want to look at, but maybe I, I, don't, re I don't decide. It's just that I, it's a habit of, of doing it that I would click on whatever is sent to me. And what happens when you take the click on it? It disturbs you. Yeah. Yeah. It disturbs me from what I was busy with before. Mm. So there's that interruption of the flow. Um, there's an interruption of productivity. Um, that laser, yeah, that laser focus. Um, and then you go, then you have to when you come back to the task it's like you're starting from scratch again and then coming back to what is important how much of what we consume is aligned to our values our deepest aspirations our goals how we want to live our life mm. what's true for you for me i like social media in the beginning it was this novel thing you know it was exciting in the beginning. Um, you could speak to friends and connect with people you haven't seen in years and decades. You could speak to people overseas without calling them. And this ability to share and get to know them again. Mm. But as time passed, I found that there it became more of um, people putting things out for likes. Mm. And there wasn't this sense of realism. Mm. Everything was what they were carefully curated. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah, because what percentage of people's lives are they showing online? Yes. Is it, is it most likely it's just the birthdays, the celebrations, the achievements, the holidays, the things that put them in a in a positive light, that gets the likes, gets the the praise, the comments, that um, that they might be craving, for whatever reason, uh, gives that dopamine hit that gets that 
creates that addiction. Um, and it's easy to compare oneself with what you see on social media and forgetting that it's just a skewed reality. It's a only part of the picture. Um, and then thinking that you're not good enough or you're not living up to your potential or you're not earning enough or you're not social enough, something that makes you not content. And so this is in yoga, the one principle that's relevant is called santosha. It's practicing contentment, practicing gratitude. It's not something that uh, you naturally have or don't have. It's something that you can cultivate, that you can choose to practice. And one of that is contentment. Mm. Even contentment in the moment of being bored, not reaching for your phone, because that's one of the things that, that social media does for us. It's, it can s satisfy this craving for entertainment, for stimulation. But what if you just sat there and didn't look at your phone? What if you sat with that uncomfortable feeling of boredom, of curiosity, of impulse, but not act on it? There's fertile ground there that can be explored. And there's creativity that can come from that. It's creating rather than consuming. Because the scary thing can sometimes be that we're consuming what others are wanting us to consume. What is trending at the moment or what hidden agenda there might be. There's been countless examples of this. So another thing is to realize that what everything that we see on social media is not true. So, so satya it means truthfulness in yoga. Have you heard this term? Yes, I have. So the question is, well, how much of what we are looking at Online is true. Good question. How much? I don't know. Well, we already said that you is looking at skewed parts of people's lives. Mm. There's fake news. Mm. What examples of fake news are there? The, for example, in the American elections, Trump was challenging Hillary Clinton. Was fake news, and people consumed it without thinking about if it's true or not. Just because it's on social media, it's true. There might be element of truth, but it is carefully manipulated. Mm in favor of one opponent versus the other. And so this manipulation. Mm. So is it truth in that? Yeah. Wasn't there some story about using Facebook data to identify voters that were sitting on the fence, yes. that were undecided, and then targeting them yes. with anti-Hillary uh, campaign <laughs> so that Trump would win. Do you remember this? Yeah. It's called The Great Hack on Netflix. Oh, yes. There's this documentary, The Great Hack. Check mm. it out. It, uh, it casts a different light on things. <laughs> so we've spoken about Santosha. We've spoken about um, Satya, truthfulness and contentment. Ahimsa. Yes, non-violence, not doing harm, not doing damage. 
these are principles, a key principle. It's actually the first one that is mentioned in yoga because uh, it overrides everything else. If, any, if ever there's a conflict between two of these principles, nonviolence overrides. So what damage are we doing on social media is the question that obviously comes to mind. Through the things that we say, perhaps the comments, uncaring or inconsiderate comments that we make. And also we have the sense of an anonymity that comes from you're not face to face. Maybe you won't say that judgmental thing in front of the person if you were, you know, face to face. But we're more likely to say it on social we media. I'd be on social media. Precisely. Yes. So judgment is part of, of it's a f considered a form of, of violence in yoga. The not only the ones that we express verbally, but the thoughts. It can just stay at the level of thought, and it'll still be something that causes um, disharmony. So, just to to come back to the definition of yoga, one of the definitions that's relevant in the, what we're talking about today is harmony. What is causing disharmony? Um, these judgments is one way in which we're doing that. Cyberbullying is another way in which a very obvious way in which um, damage can now be done online. Trolls are known to be doing this, sometimes paid, <laughs> apparently. Um, children are often susceptible to, to cyberbullying just through their phone, which they have with them 24-7. I can also be talking about creating fear. The fear that's created through uh, the things that we observe, like... Um, the news, social media news is often, uh, news in general is focused on the negative. And it gives this impression in that in the world, there's just, you know, war happening chaos. everywhere, chaos, the weather patterns are changing and just, it's like, oh, but we, we don't know about the good news stories yeah. because they don't get airtime. They they're not as sensational to make the front page or to make our newsfeed, for that matter. So in today's practice, we're going to do a mindfulness exercise with the difference. Because we can actually use this time that we spend on social media, everything that we've said, <laughs> regardless of what we've just said, we can consciously spend time on social media. We can use it as a practice to become more aware of our thoughts, of our emotions, of the sensations, of all these reactions that come up from looking at the social media feed. Um, mindfulness. Mindfulness can be defined as non-judgmental observation of your experiences. Your experiences being thoughts, emotions, sensations, or anything else that's going on for you. And in this way, we can become more aware of what kind of content is triggering what in us. What way of thinking? If you can notice your thoughts like, oh, look how much weight she's gained or, um, oh, wow, how awesome that she's, she or he's uh, achieved this degree or job role or things like this. Is it praise that you're giving or is it judgment that you're giving? And what's underlying that? Is it a feeling of not being good enough? Is it a feeling of, of shame? Is it that social comparison? 
what what is coming up for you and what emotions is it is it is it uh, anger resentment um, vulnerability many different things could come up for you so this is what we're going to practice today is to observe our thoughts and emotions and use it to become more aware of what's actually going on beneath the surface and we'll use this practice to help us become unhooked from this virtual reality a little bit more or at the very least loosen the grip if we can just narrow down the time that we spend um, we can repurpose that time for something that's more aligned to our values for example if you were to ask me what are one of my values or what are my dearest values I would say family spending time quality time with family but then if I was to sit at a family gathering attached to my phone that is in conflict with what I'm saying it is all my values but if I spend less time on the phone I can give that family my full attention listen to what's going on for them and be present for whatever arises now let's come to a posture that is firm but still relaxed the back is straight sitting on the edge of the chair helps to straighten the back naturally the back of the head is straight chin tucked in check that your feet are flat on the ground let's take a couple of deep breaths Use the breath to become present. To whatever you're thinking, whatever you're feeling, whatever emotions coming up for you. Now bring your attention to come rest in the heart. Let that be your vantage point. Watch from the heart. As we call to mind the last time we were scrolling through our phone. Let's take Facebook as an example. Just scrolling through the news feed. Become aware of any images that you saw and also become aware of your reaction to them. Pause on that image. Non-judgmental observation of any thoughts that might come. Any stories. Likes or dislikes. comments that you've made or that you've read someone else made. What are you thinking about that? Is there judgment or praise? Is there dismissing? What emotions are coming up for you? Is there that joy that comes from the dopamine hit 
many likes, many followers, lots of positive feedback, perhaps comments. Is it the need for attention or for praise that the social media is meeting? Now keep scrolling through your mind the next one, the next item in your newsfeed. Stop there and observe from the heart. Become aware of any thoughts that are coming up in reaction to what you see. Be it a photo or a video, a meme, some comments, perhaps an ad. Notice what you're thinking. Try and pinpoint what underlying belief is, is that thought pointing to. Could it be a belief that you are not good enough, not doing enough, not popular enough, not handsome enough? Are you comparing yourself to what you see? Keep digging deeper. Trying to see beyond just the reaction. Are you becoming angry? Where is that coming from? Not anger, then what other emotions are coming up? Perhaps envy or shame? Or admiration? Happiness? What needs are being fulfilled through the social media habit? Is there a healthier way that we could meet that same need? Perhaps through spending time with family or friends or praising ourselves, self-compassion. Recognizing what we're good at, the value that we add, the impact that we have every day. And those nearest and dearest, those we have authentic, caring relationships with. What is really important for you? How do you Choose to live your life. And what's the best way forward?
let's keep resting in the heart and staying present for whatever comes up for us. Maintaining this non-judgmental observation of everything we're experiencing, the bitter and the sweet. Stay there for another minute. Keeping that same quality of internal awareness. Still resting in the heart. Let's gently open the eyes when we're ready. We hope that this episode was beneficial for you. If you'd like to share your experience, please leave a comment below. We look forward to sharing the next episode with you soon. Thanks for listening. Bye.